This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Raider Nation, what is going on? I'd like to first start off, I guess, by apologizing for being so inconsistent these last couple months with podcasting that's it's usually not my thing i like to be you know on schedule i like to drop things scheduled and we're going to get back on track now um obviously i've been a little all over the place with posting podcasts i've had a lot of technical difficulties and i think i finally ironed everything out with um you know i kind of committed to dropping a bunch of content then my laptop crashed so now i have a new laptop Set up in the studio, internet's running smooth, knock on wood, right? Huh? So everything should be smooth now, and we're going to start live streaming every Saturday night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific. So every Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, um, I got to set up like a simulcast. You'll be able to watch it on either Periscope, which if you're on Twitter, it'll pop up on Twitter, or on YouTube. So make sure you, you're either following me on Twitter, at Raider Cody or you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raider Cody, uh, jump in the chat, chat with me. We'll talk about everything going on. So uh, obviously, finally, we're kind of back on track every Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. And then during the season, as soon as week one happens, we're going to switch this over. We're going to go live as soon as the game is over. So whenever the game is over, hop on YouTube, hop on Twitter. We're going to be going live within a few minutes, guaranteed. So you know, as long as there's no more technical difficulties. So, uh, I'm doing a little bit of catch up here, a little bit of catch up. Uh, this episode is obviously still brought to you by blue wire, um, and deal dash. Make sure you guys visit deal dash.com, uh, using promo code Raider Cody, or you can visit deal dash dot F M forward slash Raider Cody. Um, that's deal dash dot F M 
forward slash Raider Cody. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of different things going on there. I'll tell you more about it in a little bit. But like I said, I'm playing a little bit of catch up. I talked to Scott Bear uh, earlier this week, or should I say, actually, that was last week. Um, I talked to new Sports Illustrated beat writer Hondo Carpenter as well. So I got two beat writers in here, one with NBC Sports Area and one with Sports Illustrated coming in here. Um, obviously some good content and you know there's a lot to talk about there's some new things going down obviously the the, you know the guys are in the building it's nice it's it's cool to see um everybody in the facility everything going on we had a few transactions going on everything going on with covid a lot of players opting out uh so far no raiders players opting out another thing hey right knock on wood if you're with me um hopefully everything stays smooth in that manner uh, we're going to cover all these things in depth Saturday night during our live stream. Um, I'm, I'm going to be talking to Raiders beat writer Ryan Lopes, uh, big fantasy football guru, and NFL Sirius XM Radio. Um, this is the executive producer of NFL Sirius XM Radio, uh, Eddie Bursili. You guys have heard his voice quite a bit on the show. I'm going to be talking to them in the next couple days. And they're going to be a part of this live stream as well. Um, you're, you're going to hear our conversation on the live stream. That is this Saturday night. I believe that's August 1st now. We're getting into August. August 1st, 8.30. That's Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you're ready. But let's not waste any time. Um, had a good conversation here. And a long time coming conversation with Scott Bear. I've been trying to get, you know, I'd, I'd reached out to Scott Bear a couple times in the past. He's a busy guy, very popular guy, um, and, and a very well-rounded beat writer for NBC Sports Bay Area. I've been, something I've kind of been working on for a little while, so it was a pleasure to finally get him on the microphone um, and chop it up a little bit with him. So without wasting any more time, let's get into this first interview with NBC Sports Bay Area's Scott Bear. Scott Bear, what is going on, man? It's going pretty good. It's just crazy how long people like you and me have been talking about the idea of Raiders football without any football or any practices Uh to actually draw from. So I'm just thrilled, as I'm sure that you are, as I'm sure that all Raider Nation is, that there's training camp in less than two weeks, man. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready. Dude, that's crazy. Came quick. And obviously, I think there's, you know, some more hoops to jump through. But the NFL announcing that, it's at least exciting because I feel like for the first time ever, I mean, there's always that small gap, right? There's a small gap of, you know, creating content um, and talking about what's going to come in this next season. But I feel like I'm like, I have like a make-believe season that we've just been like (laughs) talking about or make-believe scenarios that we're just like trying to create, just like get through the process and fill the gap. But we're there, home stretch. Let's make this thing happen. Yeah. And as you pointed out, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of questions left to be answered with this coronavirus pandemic that is really kind of taken over every part of life, every part of sporting life that you're seeing MLS get get cranked back up. Baseball is very close. I think maybe deep down the NFL thought that we would be further along getting past this than we are at the point of heading to, to training camp, but they're still plugging along with that schedule. Uh, I think deep down, if you look at every other sport, right, that there's lots of stress and there's lots of disagreement Mm -hmm. about the protocols and how much money everybody's going to get. And then right towards the deadline, surprise, surprise, deadline's spurring deals, and this thing will get worked out. And they're going to give it a run. I've I've been following baseball uh, quite a bit lately as well. They're they're very close to it. Uh, I, I think football can do it smart, play it smart, 
and uh, you know, just just try to get to September uh, when these games really count. Exactly. So obviously, I kind of skipped your your introduction here. We're just kind of yeah. flowing into this thing because I, I mean, what, what I like about you, man. I mean, you cover the Raiders, right? You you cover them for NBC Sports Bay Area, um, and, and obviously, welcome to the show. I'm happy to talk with you. But the reason I like your coverage, right? I mean, you do a good job. I mean, you're a reporter, right? You're unbiased, um, but it, it's abnormal a little bit i'd say you know you get around an organization for so long uh you get close with them Mm -hmm. and it's easy to grow you know maybe bitter or easy to you know develop an angle or develop like this certain like way of uh you know viewing things Uh, you've always seemed to keep it simple you know you're you're a reporter um i want to know from your standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, you talked about covering baseball obviously you cover the raiders really closely what's Mm -hmm. it like you know kind of filtering out emotion um and doing your best just to stay honest and be a reporter yeah i think i just turned 40 recently something i can't believe i admitted out loud but uh, i think (laughs) over the last 12 or 13 years of covering the nfl that's just something that experience teaches you um that that you go through the highs and lows and you go from season to season and coach to coach and I would say quarterback to quarterback, but I haven't really covered that many of those. Um, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> it's just been kind of a natural evolution of understanding that maybe as a football fan when I was a kid, right, that you get so attached to everything that happens, but you have to detach yourself a little bit to do your readers and your listeners and your viewers the proper service of really being able to dissect this thing from every angle. Emotion can get in the way of that, but it's not something that's easy. It's something that I think happens over time. And look, I mean, I've got my favorites. Like there's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's certain people that and it's not just because they give me a better quote. There's certain people that I definitely like and I gravitate towards and are good mm-hmm. stories and are interesting people that create good content. Uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's just about kind of maintaining that line and understanding also where your fan base is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Raider nation cause they care. They could be, you know, two and six at the break. I've been in that position before I covered the yeah, 22 yeah. Raiders. Uh, <laughs> I know what that feels like and they care so much and they just want you to give it to them straight more than anything yeah. else. I mean, of course they want it to be good as they're used to for decades and all those types of mm-hmm. things. They, they, they respect honesty. They respect it. Frank. Um, and I respect them for it. So I think that that's why it's been really fun. Um, the past gosh, seven years now um, covering the silver and black. I love it, man. You found the right mentality. And I, I'm, I'm going to drop a link to your podcast, right? It's called Raiders Talk in the description. And for whatever reason, for whatever strange reason uh-huh. that, yeah, you've never listened to Scott Bear's podcast, you guys make sure you drop in the description or in the notes of my podcast episode. Um, and you make sure you subscribe. Now, yeah. I will say, I'm going to say it right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make this easy on you. I will say uh-huh. one topic that you covered recently. It made me say uh-huh. like, what the heck, Scott? Why are you bringing up old nightmares? Yeah. And that was... That was Barrett Robbins, right? Bill Callahan, you know, the mysterious mm-hmm. disappearance. But you know, I'm going to say, like, in a way, thank you, I guess, because we, we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's, there's some mental health concerns going on in there. But I want to ask you, through this whole coverage, for those that didn't see it, um, there was a series of articles coming out about, you know, the, the infamous Raiders, Bucks, Super Bowl week, everything that was going on there. Tim Brown, a lot of different options. What was the entire what's a good summary or a good takeaway that you learned um and can share maybe that's new news um, or eye-opening from the whole situation yeah i think first of all i agree with you right it seems out of 
the blue a little bit. There isn't like a natural anniversary. Like it's not 10 or 15 or 20 years apart. Mm. It kind of jumps in seemingly at random. And really this is about national NBC sports. They have a whole like long form documentary podcast series. And we went through each region. There are six of them. And there was one on Michael Jordan. There was one on Bill Belichick that just came out on, um, escaping me now, Sean Taylor. Um, okay. so that, the, the, they, they delve into some serious stuff. Sometimes, uh, Barrett Robbins was suggested to us for season one. And I, I think that the, my big takeaway, and I, so I was born in San Diego way back when, again, showing my age, I was an NFL intern passing out quotes at that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 37. Uh, I was on okay. 20 or something like that, 21. And, um, I remember back then, thinking, oh, this guy got super wasted, went down to Tijuana. I may have, I may have made it out. I've done that a couple of times when I was 18 or 19. Uh, I know the drill. So, And then he didn't play in the, in the Super Bowl. What an idiot, right? That's yeah. like, like casual fans' recollection of that moment. Yep. And I think that the more – and this was a team effort. A lot of great people really worked on this. Um, and I, I think ultimately what I learned – is that this isn't a kiddie pool. This is a deep end and there's a lot that goes into it and it's serious material and it's layered and people can blame uh, Barrett Robbins for how that Super Bowl turned out or how that whole sequence of events turned out. Tim Brown thinks Bill Callahan's the worst thing to ever happen to the organization. Yeah, crazy, uh, right? Everybody blames, well, you didn't change up your signals. You got John Gruden on the other side. It's Al Davis's fault because he traded John Gruden, right? Mm -hmm. There's all this blame to go around, and it's really easy to point the finger at one thing, but that's the wrong way to do it. And that's what I kind of learned throughout this entire process. It's really easy to say Bear Robbins has done a bunch of drugs, has been in jail a couple of different times, has done steroids bailed on his teammates, you know, what have you. No, this is a multi-layer cake. And that's really what I learned. It can be a little depressing. I hope, I, I just hope more than anything else. And crazily enough, there's going to be a part two. Uh, it, it is that people learn the fact that, that, that Barrett Robbins was a fully fleshed out three-dimensional human being that had some problems that weren't all his fault. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it did seem out of the blue. It was a major project that took a long time to create something that I've never been a part of on the audio medium. I'm rambling on now, but uh, in short, just to see him as a fully formed three-dimensional person, I, I think was important um, to me. Yeah. I like that. Hey, just so you know, you're fully, uh, open to ramble here this is this is a watch yeah hey this is this is a good uh ramble i encourage rambling actually on the show so go ahead do your thing i'm I'm glad you actually there there was one note that you said that it was you know not just specifically trying to like tone down this is why they lost the super bowl um because it opened up i think you know a widespread of things um i heard some opinions from tim brown as well um off the record with tick pick tick pick tick pick held a um like a little private session with him um then asked him and it, it was weird it, it was almost just like being on the hinges of disagreement like as soon as the team lost sync of what they were trying to do that week whether they you know the the, the coach bringing out a new plan um going you know the week right before mm -hmm. the super bowl and the team didn't feel right or certain players didn't feel right then them changing that I'm um, getting to the point to where maybe a player's, you know, obviously, you know, mental health is a big thing, um, causing that like a spiral in that situation. As soon as the the team 
that linkage, that, that, you know, the family mentality, as soon as I think that started getting lost, um, that's, you know, obviously where things went south and there's really nothing you can do to say like, Oh, well, this would have fixed it. So, um, that's some good light that you're shedding. Um, obviously it's hard bringing up bad memories like that, but yeah, of course, no, right. um, it's right. good things to hear. Many. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But looking at things more recent now, mm-hmm. um, the reason that, you know, I want to sit down and talk to you here is last off season we had, I felt like a pretty good improvement. We brought in some young talent um, and made some good strides. Obviously, there's injuries, other things down the road. We've heard all the excuses. Everything, you know, of course, what, you know, obviously made this team not completely click at the end of the season. Now, um, we feel like we've made some good additions again this year. And I'd say on paper, we've improved quite a bit more than normal, right? It's not just a normal team's offseason, but people are going to say, still, the argument, well, all teams get better in the offseason. I think that's mostly true, but can you agree with me, Scott, that I think we've improved more on paper a lot more than the average team? I think that I've been really impressed by how the Mike Mayock, John Gruden pairing has functioned together. Mm. Right. Um, And it's, it's a tough process. You, you, you go back to John Gruden, who is the final decision maker in all Raiders Mm. personnel matters. You go back to 2018 when he chose to, set the whole roster on fire, right? Just tear the whole thing down, basically, you know, strip mine it down to the studs. And that's a tough process, right? Because in 2016, they were a playoff team. In 2017, it was a hiccup year. And then you're just going to dismantle the whole thing and start over. And maybe he was right, right? He took so much crap that season for how he pronounced data to an instant replay to trading Khalil Mack, right? Um, and everything in between, right? And guys quitting on him and, you know, uh-huh. left, right, and Bruce Irvin getting cut, the disaster of 2018. The reason why I say yeah. all that is that you can see from that, maybe not rock bottom, from, from that bottom level, you can see this kind of steady ascent, right? Where all of a sudden, the Raiders aren't wasting second and third round draft picks mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Yeah. That that, that yeah. has kind of ceased. And what happens when you stack draft classes is you build this young foundation, right? Last year's draft class was really foundational. Okay. So you set yourself up and you're like, oh man, we got like 10, 12 guys that we can see on our future. And to your back to your question, is that when you have that young foundation, then you can make real leaps, right? Because you yeah. can go for the theme of the offseason to me has been screw what your rankings are, screw what analysts think about the guys that we brought in. We brought in the attitudes we like and the scheme fits that we need in the draft and in free agency. They modernized their defense by getting faster. They modernized Mm. their wide receiver core by getting faster. They found guys that care, that will respond to John Gruden, and that fit the schemes that they have. That's been the most impressive thing to me. They don't care about what's written about them. They don't Mm -hmm. care about their draft grade. They're happy with who they got. And I think that if you look at it through that lens in particular, not is this guy better than a guy who signed with Miami or better than a guy that Tampa Bay drafted or whatever, it's does he fit the Raiders' defense or offense perfectly? And more often than not, with free agency and the draft, you say yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. See, and now it's getting to the point to where I feel like this whole character building thing, that's where it's finally like we're investing like, okay, we look good on paper, right? Things can look great. We're adding talent. Um, But it's the the intangibles that we're adding that can't be seen on paper that can build a football team and build that lasting, 
you know, I mean, years down the road. Luckily, seeing that rock bottom, that rock bottom was rock bottom. Luckily, I mean, we've seen yeah. a lot worse in recent uh-huh. years. So yeah. that rock bottom was um, a, a good period, um, a little, uh, I guess, humbling in this John, John Gruden period. And, and shout out, honestly, to Will Compton. Uh, Will Compton came out on uh, Murph's Fan Cave just a mm-hmm. few days ago, and he threw out, I love this little nugget. And it, it was cool to hear him say this, that um, playing for John Gruden is on a lot of NFL players' bucket list. Yeah. So it's cool to see that, I mean, just having that name and now putting us in a city, I mean, you're, I mean, you're coming in with really Las Vegas can take over at this point, maybe the NFL. They could be the NFL city. Give them a draft. Give them the Pro Bowl. They could take over the NFL and no taxes. I'm sure NFL yeah. players are going to love that. Um, and playing for John Gruden, Mike Mayock, perfect compliment. Now, I want to know from you, Scott. Mm-hmm. Last offseason, I'd say it was pretty clear we went in with our biggest need being pass rusher. Yeah. Like this year, you know, we're, we're going into this year's draft. We're looking, okay, wide receiver, cornerback. Last year, we're looking at every single freaking pass rusher uh, in the first round. <laughs> it didn't matter who it was, right? Mm-hmm. So I felt like we nailed it. I, not nailed it, but I mean, we, you know, we brought in Farrell, who is, uh, in my opinion, a great role player, has a chip on his shoulder going into this year, um, kind of, you know, trying to find that, that perfect spot. Max Crosby, great surprise. Uh, nobody would have guessed that, but I think you know, that's what helped fill that need right there, you know, made us an average pass rush. I mean, honestly, getting after the quarterback the year before, we were like not even just the worst, we were, I mean, by far the worst. Getting into average was great. What did you think was that similar need this off season? And did you think that we fulfilled it? Yeah, I think it was secondary really. Okay. And, uh, and the linebacker core, I, I would, now that I'm thinking, about it, I think, I think it's a linebacker core and uh, welcome to the 21st century. Welcome to modern NFL defense. Raiders. <laughs> they finally joined in. I often called their middle linebacker issues the curse of Rolando McLean, right? Oh, because man. Rolando and really Nick um, Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton, right? Huh. The, the sequence of veterans, that, and no offense to Will Compton, right? But he, he kind of had to just join up and start playing mm-hmm. right away. But you think about it and you're like, you know, Nick Roach and Curtis Lofton and Perry Riley, who wasn't that bad, and Navarro Bowman, this constant cycle of middle linebackers. And Vontez Perfect, who has a great relationship with, with Paul Gunther and obviously didn't play for the Raiders very long. And I'm not knocking him when I say this, but he's one of those big 250-pound thumpers with a neck roll that you saw dominating mm-hmm. in like the late 80s, right? Yeah. Well, nowadays, linebackers look like Corey Littleton, right? Yeah. That, fast and they're agile and they can cover i don't know if you've ever talked about it on your Raider, on your podcast but some people have heard that the raiders have had trouble covering tight ends and running backs right <laughs> maybe that's been like a thing uh and nonetheless they got linebackers i think uh who can go out and cover who can be three down linebackers they turned a team weakness into a decided team strength. The reason why I said cornerback is because I love Trayvon Mullen. The other side hasn't been uh, addressed yet, but when you can anchor the middle of that defense, I think everything gets a lot better. And if you look at how they built the big free agent signings that they got, Malik Collins in the middle up front. Um, They they got Nick uh, Kukowski and Corey Littleton Mm -hmm. in the middle. They got Demarius Randall in the back. And let's be honest, Jonathan Abram is basically new, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are much stronger up the middle. If you're much stronger up the middle, I think you're stronger everywhere. Yeah, it's wild. I think we finally have the talent and the ability to transform into a modern defense, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're going to 
bringing these mostly, I'd say, I mean, 75% of the time, we're probably going to be sitting in like two linebacker sets. Um, a very fast right. offense or fast defense being able to face these fast offenses because I mean really we're looking at the two Super Bowl teams right the uh, Chiefs and the Niners mm-hmm. they were top one and two in two things and that was in ball carrier speed and that was in pre snap motions um, so obviously I mean these guys are quick on their feet so you have to adapt fastly uh, playing the Chiefs twice a year is one thing now you have the Broncos coming in. They're adding uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, they add, I forget, even the other freaking speedy wide receiver that's going to be you know, coming up number three or number four on their, on their depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're right, man, adding those linebackers. Corey Littleton is a top 10 linebacker off ball in the league, and it's amazing to get him. It's amazing. Actually, I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's nice being able to get a guy like that and an off ball linebacker for whatever reason is still underpaid. You know, you can go yeah. out and get your CJ Mosley for a lot more money and yeah, will he be good in hard nosed football? Yeah, cool. You know, get in the trenches, yeah, he's a pretty good football player. But when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, CJ Mosley ain't gonna do you nothing. Corey Littleton will get him out there on uh, Travis Kelsey, it's gonna be amazing. Now, um I agree. Defense, big time flip. There was a couple missing elements to our offense this last season. Mm-hmm. I say it was the deep ball and the red zone scoring. And this is kind of uh one of the last questions I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. deep ball and red zone scoring. Do you think we added the tools this year uh, that we needed to change that? That's the easiest question that you've posed so, so far <laughs> is, is, is absolutely yes. And it's, I mean, like it's about speed to a certain extent, right? Al yeah. David would have loved the rugs pick, <laughs> Yeah, but the more I watch, the more I talk to people who covered Alabama um, who have seen Henry Ruggs play, right? Um, it's not just run in a straight line and go catch it. Like, that's mm-hmm. not his thing. Like, him on slants, that's almost a guaranteed 15, 20 yards to the house, right? Yeah. You know who throws a pretty good slant? Derek Carr does. He throws yes. as good of a slant as there is in football in terms of timing mm-hmm. and accuracy and hitting somebody in stride. Mm-hmm. So for those types of reasons, I think the deep ball is going to help because Tyrell Williams is going to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, he's big in size, and it's weird. When he was a rookie with the Chargers, I have some Chargers contacts from covering them a billion years ago, and they he was not a good contested catch guy. He has become mm-hmm. one, right? Brian Edwards is a, I mean, go watch his highlight reels. They are mm-hmm. incredible. Where if, and the thing about Derek, and you know Derek pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Derek, I've seen every snap he's ever taken in the pros. And mm-hmm. if he trusts you, if you earn it in practice and then earn it in a game, he will give you not even a 50 50 ball. He'll give you a 65 35 ball in favor of the defense because he trusts that you're going to go get it. The reason why I say all that is that all these off-season workouts that we're seeing in Vegas parks, right, is he's building those trusts with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs and all these young guys that can create distance, and Derek will feel comfortable throwing them the ball downfield when the time is right. In terms of red zone, all these other guys that we're talking about, the new blood, Jason Witten is a great red zone weapon. Well, guess what? Last year, the whole world knew Darren Waller was getting the ball, right? Because he yes. was the main target that was healthy. Well, guess yeah. what? Now there's so many weapons in the pattern that Darren Waller is going to get some favorable coverage, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe not only in the red zone, but in general, the guy's going to explode. I think an all-pro year for him is a fair expectation. And that's the top two 
tight ends in football, right? So yeah. I think because you have the volume of weapons, because you have the speed, and because you have dogs down there, uh, I think Derek will feel – and Derek's deep ball is pretty good too. People forget about the, the completion percentage there. Um, when he chooses to go deep, he hits. So if mm-hmm. he trusts you and you earn his trust by getting it again and again, Raiders fans will see more deep balls. They will see more tight window throws in the red zone, and you will therefore see more points. Man, music to my ears. Again, I, I'm, I'm dropping the link to Raiders Talk podcast. Uh, it's NBC Sports uh, Scott Bear here that runs this podcast. Dropping it in the description. And, and the last thing I want to ask you, uh, where we sit now, whenever you're looking at a playoff team, a Super Bowl team, uh, we talked about this whenever we're talking about you know the 2002 team. Uh, as soon as there's a void or something that's missing or something that's not in sync, on paper right now is there an area that still is kind of glaring or concerning or do you feel like we finally got to a point you know three years into the john gruden era uh year you know year two of building with mike mayock do you feel like we're finally at a point where we're a pretty well-rounded team i i I think the raiders are more complete than they've been with an ability to sustain success than at any point since i've covered them that includes 2016 um I think that's a step in the right direction. The reason, and here's my hesitation, is not like, oh, circle the running back group or the safeties, right? I think the issue is not with the Raiders as a functioning unit on paper. It's about how they match up with the Chiefs, right? That that, mm-hmm. that is the big question mark to me. I think that they've gotten better in matchups with the Chiefs. We talked about um, defensive speed. Uh, the, their ability to run the ball, their ability to have volume of weapons in the pattern that they can score, as you pointed out, in the red zone, they have to get better there, right? Yeah. But my question mark is, okay, maybe they've gotten to become a better matchup with the Chiefs, but are they real contenders yet? I don't know, mm. right? And that's what you've got to show me. I don't care if it's at home or on the road. Right. But you've yeah. got to tell me that you can compete with the best team in your division, a team that will John Gruden will be dealing with Pat Mahomes through his entire contract now. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is the question to me. Now, there are two AFC wildcard spots. I'm sorry. There are three AFC wildcard spots now. So you can always get in that way. But that is my concern is I believe that they've cut up and they are a better matchup with the Chiefs. Are they a good matchup with the Chiefs? I don't know yet. I think they're improving in that regard. But the bottom line is you're going to have to start beating those guys at some point at home or on the road. And that is the biggest question mark for me. Not about their personnel necessarily, but about how their personnel can function against the guys that run the AFC West. Completely agree. It's all about that firepower. If you're going to beat the Chiefs um, on paper, yeah, you can match up. Yeah, you can be you can fight fire with fire all game long. Uh, but the way the Chiefs win is with momentum. I mean, they will literally, I mean, one play will completely shift everything going on in that game. So you have to have a team, um, you know, game-breaking speed or a game-breaking play uh, that you can pull out of your back pocket and be able to go out there and execute on a key drive. And hopefully, finally, the Raiders are going to get to that point where they go out there healthy um, with an offense that is what we like to see as being um, adaptable, right? Where you can go out there with three tight ends and you can run it down their throat. Or you can go out there with five wide receivers and you can throw it anywhere you want, right? You throw Zay Jones in there mashed up against, you know, the worst corner or all of a sudden here comes Rico Gafford uh, streaking down, you know, as a fifth wide receiver on the roster, who knows? And I think that's, you know, the difference maker. And I, I agree with you 100%. Scott bear. 
pleasure talking to you, man. Um, it, it, it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad to finally have you on the show, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's a, it's been great. Uh, you got to hook me up with that uh, podcast studio background. Hey. I work out this uh, this room with uh, exactly what you got going on. Maybe you should sell those kits. <laughs> hey, it would be nice, man. This is this is the this is the homeowners uh, podcast setup for you, man. I mean, you're you're sitting on the on the on the home studio for now, but uh, you know, of course, you know, when things get fired back up, you'll be sitting uh, NBC comfortable, I guess yeah. you could say. So wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Scott. Thanks for coming on, man. And uh, let's talk soon again, bro. Yeah, anytime, buddy. Thank you. Cool. See you next week. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> talk soon, man. Yeah. <laughs> So there you have it. There's the first interview with Scott Bear. Of course, soon we have coming up, um, I had a quick chat with Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, we're going to take this quick break provided by Blue Wire. Um, and like I said, when we return, more Raiders content for you guys. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect and at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup on top of other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code RaiderCody. That's DealDash.com, promo code RaiderCody. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online wagering experts. Okay, we're back. And like I said, more Raiders content. Not going to skip a beat, trying to catch up. Still going live this Saturday with more content. Like I said, it's 8.30 p.m. Pacific on YouTube or Twitter. Um, it's going to be posted into a podcast. This is our new setup. This is what I'm trying to like get in line is going live, being able to record, post it as a podcast, make it easy. I'm trying to put out more content in an easier way so you know you get more content less stress on me. That's how, that's how we're doing things here. But I talked to my good buddy now, Hondo Carpenter. Hondo Carpenter moved into Vegas, covering the team for Sports Illustrated, um, has, has a deep passion for Raider Nation, and obviously has a very good grasp on the team. Um, I learned that while talking to him. This is something a little bit different. Like I said, I'm catching up. It's, I'm playing catch up for the first time ever. I'm not a step ahead. I'm a little bit, I'm a step behind, but uh, we're figuring this thing out. We're, we're making it better. We're ready for the 2020 season. Um, and I'm really excited to uh, unveil this conversation for the first time with our new Raiders beat writer, Hondo Carpenter.
me now. A guy covering the Las Vegas Raiders for the first time this year. Um, and our lone soldier actually already in Las Vegas. This is Hondo Carpenter. And I'd like you guys to now finally meet Hondo Carpenter, um, audience here, obviously, for the Raider Cody podcast. Maybe first time hearing from him. Um, what's going on, man? Well, first of all, buddy, thank you for having me, Cody. Um, I learned about you early on in the process from some people that when I was coming out this way, my sister is a huge Raider fan. I've got a great buddy who's a Raider fan. Um, several uh, people that I know are, are former Raiders. And uh, I guess I, I guess you can't say that. You're not former Raiders. You're <laughs> once a Raider, Raider always a Raider. Mm -hmm. but, but people told me about you, and so it's an honor to be on. I'm very humbled. Thank you for the invitation. I love that. Very kind words. Um, always, always very professional here from Hondo Carpenter. Uh, make sure you guys are giving him a follow on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter, like Rondo, Hondo, Hondo Carpenter. Um, so you just moved to Vegas. You're covering the team for Sports Illustrated. Um, before we get into the team, how are you liking Win City so far? Well, first of all, my first night here, you may remember, I, I, I shared this story with you, but, um, I'm at a red light, literally just moved in, 2,000-mile drive coming in from Michigan, and my son and I are at a red light, and there's this guy in a Raider truck. Now, I'm not talking mm -hmm. sticker. He's got a Raider truck. This is, I found out later, it was a $50,000 paint job, $50,000 paint job. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, if you ever watch the show on um, Counts Customs, you know the guy who does who, who does uh, uh, cars here in Vegas. Yeah, I, I I feel like counts customs. I rolled on my window, and go, hey, we're not car guys. I said, but I write for Sports Illustrated. I gotta talk to you. So we <laughs> literally pull over on the side of the road, and we're visiting. And he goes, oh, I'm, you know, I've been a Raider fan. I was born a Raider. I was raised a Raider. I'm going to die a Raider. We're talking about his truck. He's showing me his. I mean, he's got sewn Raider emblems sewn into his dashboard, his seat. This was an awesome, awesome vehicle. I'm going to tell you that he laughed because he's like, I really couldn't afford the truck. He goes, because all the other stuff, I got about $80,000 in add-ons. He goes, oh it, they're worth more than the truck. It was hilarious. <laughs> and so my buddy, one of my very best friends, who all of your listeners know who he is, the great Raider Matt Millen. In fact, when his football life story was on the NFL Network, I was on it. Um, I covered him his whole time in Detroit, one of my best friends. Um, but Matt had always told me that when you play for the Raiders, it's the, you know, every place the fans feel like they're part of the team. But he said in Oakland, the players think they're part of the team. The, <laughs> the, the players love the fans. He goes, you know what? After the game, the players aren't hiding. They're going to the restaurants and the bars that the fans go to. They'll go out to the tailgates. He goes, the fan, the, the player, Raider players love Raider fans. He goes, I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. He goes, it is the way of life. They are one there. And so literally, I, mean, I knew that he wasn't a liar. I knew he wasn't, you know, lying. Matt's not a liar. But I never realized it until I got here and experienced the depth of how these people are. It's passion like I've never experienced in my life. Oh, you're 100% right. While you're speaking of fans, too, as well, um, a guy that's been taking a stand 
uh, for the fans, um, of course, in his new home there in Vegas. And a hot topic this week. This is kind of what I want our, our conversation really to focus on here, Hondo. Um, and that's Las Vegas Raiders owner, Mark Davis. Um, and, and I don't nothing specific yet, but what's your first impression of Mark Davis? I have thought Mark Davis from day one has done an amazing job. Here's the problem, Cody, and I'm older than you, so I've got a little bit of a different perspective. Al, we've written about this. Yeah, we've written about this a lot at Raider Maven since I took over eight weeks ago. Um, Al Davis is not a Raiders icon. Al Davis isn't an NFL icon. He's bigger than both of those. He is an American icon. He has forever changed professional sports in America. If you are a baseball owner, a basketball owner, a football, a hockey, um, you owe Al Davis a check. And this is an American icon. And so, you know, a lot of people, and the reason we call them fans is they are fanatic. They come Mm -hmm. along and want Mark Davis to be Al. But I want to say this, and I want you to hear this. And, Cody, you know me, so I would appreciate if you would tell your fans. I'm not speaking disrespectfully. I just Mm -hmm. said Al Davis is an American icon. But I think Mark Davis has come along, and the thing he's done right is he hasn't tried to be Al Davis. He's not Al. And I don't think this is being rude. I think it's being honest. Al Davis at the end of his career was not Al Davis at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think Al made some mistakes towards the end, which he earned the right to do. He built this franchise into what I believe is the preeminent professional sports franchise in the world. And you can put it up there with Manchester United mm-hmm. uh, in soccer. I think you could put it up there uh, with the New York Yankees in baseball. I mean, I, I but I don't think they're, you know, the, the, the Raiders may have some competition, but they have no equals. Take that, Dallas. Take that, Green Bay. You're not. And so what I would say to you is this. Mark Davis came along, and Al Davis never moved the team without lawsuits and turmoil. And Mark Davis got the job done and got the best facilities and stadium in the NFL in Vegas, and there's no lawsuit. Mark Davis understood. His dad was, in his prime, a football savant. But he knew at the end he wasn't. And Mark Davis knew, that's not me. So he went out and got a, a, a brilliant football savant in John Gruden. Then he went out and you know they, went, they got Mike Mayock, who is a personnel savant. And he's given these guys big contracts and long contracts and said, I trust you. Come in, build my franchise. I'm going to give you all the pieces that you need from an owner. But unlike my dad, who didn't necessarily do that because he knew a lot. Now, I think it hurt Al at the end of his career. And I'm not trashing the man at all. I think he's an American icon that doesn't get the respect he deserves. But the point is, Mark Davis has not gotten the credit that he deserves. And I want to address a couple of criticisms. I've heard a lot of people rip Gruden. Now, let me tell you something. When you live in your basement and your girlfriend's last name is .jpeg, you can say whatever you want. He's a Super Bowl winning coach that teams traded draft picks in millions to get. The man (laughs) knows football. So in the first two years, he didn't take shortcuts. He didn't go out and spend a ton of money on free agents that weren't going to win Super Bowl. 
He was patient. Mark Davis said, here's the keys to the kingdom. Build me something that's going to last, not something that's going to give people all excited and fired up for year one and two. They have shown extreme restraint. We broke the story at Raider Maven of what the contract was going to look at like uh, that they offered to Jadavian. You know what? Max Crosby's numbers made Jadavian Clowney look foolish last year. Jadavian Clowney is a good guy, but he's not motivated. So you want to go out and pay him big bucks and set the bar where Max Crosby then next year is going to have bigger numbers for than him. And now all of a sudden you got a guy in year two of a rookie deal who is probably going to be advised you need to sit out. Now you're going to have to pay him big jack before his contract's over, which screws up your salary cap. And for a guy and have another guy that underproduced. And oh, by the way, when Clowney underproduces, those guys in the basement with a dot JPEG girlfriend <laughs> are now going to say, look at Gruden, he's an idiot chasing names. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with people being critical. It's just like with Derek Carr. I don't have a problem with anyone being critical, but tell the truth. Derek Carr last year could not go throw a pass and then go catch it. Derek Carr couldn't make guys be healthy. So when you want to tell me about Derek Carr, let's talk about Derek Carr. Let's talk about it is a miracle he didn't have double-digit interception. Earlier this year, I talked about a general manager I spoke to in the NFL who said to me, teams loaded the box to stop Josh Jacobs, and if Josh wasn't running, it was heat on Derek. When you go look at how many times he threw the ball or was under pressure and got rid of it, it is a miracle that this man only had eight interceptions. But everyone's expecting him to be Kenny Stabler. And Kenny Stabler is a great player. He's not a good player. But what I want to know from everybody that wants him to be Kenny Stabler, there was a lot of people that complained that Kenny Stabler didn't win enough. And this is not basketball. This is football with a 53-man roster. So Derek walks in on a Tuesday. He gets the game plan from Gruden and Mayock. And then in the door comes Hawkeye and Radar from MASH wondering who's going to be healthy. All of a sudden now, we come into this year. This roster is loaded. The NFL is going to be circling Raiders training camp like sharks with a parachuter in the middle of the water. Because there are going to be good players who are going to go to other teams and contribute who aren't good enough to play for the Raiders this year. There is going to be significant, deep depth. This is a team that's on the road to the playoff. They're going to be, and you know, keep this recording. I'm 100% convinced this is a team that's going to be a playoff team in 2020. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I don't. But I'm telling you, I think the next step is to get where they needed to be. Now, if you're a Raider fan that says we're committed to excellence, just win, baby, I totally agree. When was your last Super Bowl win? And then the point is you have to build to get there. And what I love about what Mark Davis has done is he's brought in guys, given them long-term deals, and said, I don't want to get a bunch of free agents and get everybody excited. I want to win championship. And I know to do it, I got to give long-term deals and trust 
the people I bring in. He has done what Belichick has done, um, and he's done what Nick Saban has done, and he's not a coach, but he's trusted the process. He's got a great quarterback in Derek Carr who now has weapons. They're not going to be able to load the box anymore because they have weapons everywhere. And now if a guy goes down, okay, disappointing, next. That's where Super Bowl champions are built. I, 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 off air, I'll tell you, Cody, who this was, so you can tell your listeners I did tell you. But I had a Super Bowl-winning quarterback one time say to me, and I'll tell you who it is off the air, but he said to me, you win championship with depth. In the NFL, pretty much everybody's got a really good Tony, too. He says, but where you separate yourself is when you get to 23 to 53. Well, the Raiders are building that now. They're still very young. They're a team that's why I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team. But if you remember, earlier this year, we wrote an article at Sports Illustrated, I did, looking back at the Cowboys when they had a record exactly like the Raiders last year and the step they took the next year. And then the step they took over there. I think the Raiders have set themselves up because they've done discipline, because they've said to a guy like Jadavian, you're a good guy. And if you want to come here, we'll be glad to make you the highest paid defensive end in the game of football. But oh, by the way, we're not paying you because you look good in posters. You want to be a Raider? Then come come show us. Come prove it to us. Come play with motivation. Because you know what, Jadavian? We're not sure that you're better than Max Crosby. Because Max Crosby has one thing you don't. Jadavian Clowner may be bigger, faster, stronger. But he doesn't have Max Crosby's heart. These guys are going out picking football players. Then they go out and get some terrific free agents. Prince of Mukamara and others. But when you look at these guys, what sets them aside? You bring in guys who are hardworking winners, who are going to train your young guys. This is not how we do it. You need to stop. Here's how you train every day like a champion. When you get done, you're not going to go get in trouble. You're not going to be at the casino to 4 a.m. or the strip club. You're going to go hydrate. You're going to go rest because you're a multimillionaire because you're a professional. I love every single move they have done this entire offseason. I'm a buyer. I'm not against criticism. I'm not against it. But it's not when it's not there, it's not fair to offer it. And one of the things lost in American journalism is that it's our job to tell the truth. And there will be times over the next year when there's going to be something that happened that isn't good. And I'll write that. But it isn't anything. This has been a home run off season. So if you want to spend your time ridiculing Derek Carr, guess what? The Cincinnati Bengals would love to have you as a fan. You know, if you want to spend your time ripping John Gruden, go ahead. Because Jacksonville would love to have you as a fan. But I think that the Raider fans are like St. Louis Cardinals baseball fans. They get it. They understand it. Now, with the weapons and everything that Derek Carr has around him, you absolutely should expect him to have a better season this year. And oh, by the way, 
Derek Carr expects to have a better season this year. That's fair. But I'm sorry. Don't, there's my, you know, I'm from Michigan and we're pretty plain spoken folk out there. There's an old saying better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove it. If you're going to rip John Gruden, sorry, he can't hear you. His Super Bowl ring gets in the way of his hearing. You know, if, if you want to rip Derek Carr, that's great. But being able to play Madden doesn't make you an NFL quarterback. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I, I, I don't get it. And I understand it is such a minority of fans. I mean, I wrote an article earlier this week that went viral on the, I mean, the ridiculousness of the people ripping car. I saw one media entity that had them listed as the 25, 25th best starting quarterback. They had rookies ahead of them. Yes. I mean, they had Sam Darnold ahead of them. That's like saying you think that Roseanne Barr is better looking than any supermodel that I mean, than, than Giselle Bunchen. I mean, give me a break. That's so stupid. And you know what it is? They're baiting Raider fans. Clickbait. Because Raider fans are passionate. Because like Matt Millen said, they are part of the team. And so they see silver and black. They see the eye patch. They see everything that people in the NFL, or even if they don't like the Raiders, they respect them. And so what happens is they click and read the story. And then people hear it. Well, that's okay. But I, the truth of the matter is, if you're a Raider fan and you're upset that they left Oakland, I don't blame you. I'm from Michigan. We would love for the Lions to move to Oakland. But that's not fair to Oakland because I really like that city. Move them somewhere else. But my point is, I understand that you're sad. But guess what? Your team finally has the stadium that it deserves. It is the premier stadium in the National Football League. You have the best team headquarters. Your owner went out and strategically position this franchise for the next 50 years. If you are not riding the Mark Davis train, then trade in your silver and black for some Bengal stripes or some Jaguar deer. Because what this thing is doing is the train is moving forward. The Raiders are coming back. There's a ship coming in the distance, and it's the flag of the Raiders waving in that cool autumn air, even in the desert and around the league, people have noticed they see what's going on in the desert. And I don't care what media say when you talk to people and I do in the administrative buildings of franchises, they get it. They see it. Get on the bus. Hondo, 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 Hondo. That was, that was impressive. So we started this conversation. I asked you, what your impression was of Mark Davis? You took that. You gave me a great impression of Mark Davis, what he brought to the league. Um, I really appreciated the comments with Al Davis because you, you, were, you were spot on. We love Al, um, but at some point, you know, it, it's okay to say that the game kind of passed him up towards the end. And that's okay. Mark Davis came in and, and, and played his cards right, uh, got us right back on track. Now, you took that. We covered Derek Carr. You covered Jay Devion Clowney and, and maybe the reasons that he wouldn't fit on this football team. Uh, you covered John Gruden coming in with Mike Mayock, bringing in key pieces. Uh, the move, fans, I love it. 
Come on, haters, kick rocks. Go cheer for another team if if you're that frustrated. I love it, Hondo. That was that was a very impressive conversation. Now, I mean, you covered all the bases of the off season, and there's really nothing here that I'm going to argue with because I think 100 percent of that conversation um, I agree with. Now, with what we're dealing with, the Raiders are back on track. Like you said, we're we're a playoff team. Will there be fans in seats in Allegiant Stadium? In your opinion? that will be watching this football team. Yes, maybe not at first, but I fully expect there will be fans at, at some point in this season. Yes, sir, I totally do. I agree. Now, starting the season off. This is kind now, of Let me what, just what, say this and let me just say this. I'm I'm not guessing there. You know, my job is to talk to people around the league to get people to talk to me um to protect them to be honest. You know, tell me, "Hey, what are you thinking?" Um I have not talked to one NFL uh, person that doesn't think there won't be fans. Now, every one of them has said, I'm not so sure that there's going to be fans at the beginning, but everyone I've talked to does expect there to be fans at some point in the season. Yes, sir. I agree. Now, let's say talking, I'm in that scenario. No fans, week one, week two, home opener. You know, being around college football, obviously, you know, you know the energy of a crowd. Um, you're gonna you're gonna see that soon with Raider Nation. How do you feel an empty stadium could affect the the players' ability on the field? Well, I've also covered football. I mean, pro football for many years too. Um, let me just say this to you: football, as we know it, if there are no fans, is instantaneously changed. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're Cincinnati or Jacksonville or teams or that Chargers. aren't used to have yeah, but not used to having major crowds. I'm not ripping those organizations, by the way. I, I'm, I'm literally saying, but those are organizations that don't go into a season with any expectation. And so I'm not ripping them. I have family members that are, and friends actually, that play for both. So I'm not ripping them as, as organizations and entities, but they ain't the Raiders. Yeah. And so, but, but let me just say this. All of a sudden now, I'll never forget my first Raider game. My buddy Chris Morris was the center. I was there with Millen and my buddy Rod Marinelli. The Lions were playing. It was insane. The place was lit for a preseason game. It was just crazy. Unbelievable. Okay? Not having fans in the stands is a significant loss for the Raiders. Significant. Now, I am going to say this. I don't believe the Raiders are going to have the home field advantage that they have in the past, and I'm going to tell you why. This is now the destination place for every single NFL fan. Rick Goslin, who's a Hall of Fame voter, the, the, the legendary writer for the Dallas Morning News, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and he talked about when Jerry Jones' stadium was built, every fan, when their team went to Dallas, wanted to go there, and he said they actually lost the home field advantage because 25 to 30,000 fans were visitors. Now the casinos bought a ton of tickets. There's a lot of brokers that have tickets. And now every fan in America wants to come to Vegas to watch their team. And because those tickets are going to be out on the market, I don't think the Raiders are going to have as big as a home field advantage as they had. But still, when you don't have fans in there, you have to change your audibles. You have to change how, how you, you, you call plays when you go silent. I mean, this is not how the game is to be played. 
And, and I think it's sad. I think it's sad. And so it's going to be fascinating to watch. Teams are going to have to adjust. Teams are going to have to change. I talked with one coach recently who said, you know, we're going to change our audibles. Uh, once we use an audible now, it's out of our, our game plan. He goes, we're going to actually change it and have to go to a different audible. So he goes, it's going to be a lot more bookwork for our guys. When, and, you know, and football is a game of energy and emotion. Matt Millen and, and other Raiders. I talked to Jim Otto the other day, and he talked about the fans. You know, they feed off of that energy. And now all of a sudden, it's the fourth quarter. There's a minute and 13 to go, and you're down six. You got the ball at your five-yard line. And we all know what Raider Nation's like. It's literally spiritual Viagra for your soul. And they come out onto the field. And the fans rise in unity and begin to scream and yell and will their Raiders down the field. Now you're going to come down and it's empty. And you know what? You may say, well, they're getting paid a lot. They are, but it's still a game of emotion. It's still a game of energy. And that's going to be missing. And I think it's going to be missing desperately. NFL football is about fans. And when you don't have them in the stands, it's brutal. I completely agree. I think I think we covered um, a great round of topics here, Hondo. I mean, you took the lead, man, and, and you kind of went through the excitement surrounding this football team. The silver and black um, is back on the come up. Obviously, you know, we have a lot of great things going for us, personnel-wise, on the field, off the field. Um, the actual field itself, um, everything is going great. Now, um, there's a, a, obviously a huge downside. We know this as Raiders fans. Uh, just whenever things start to get good, Someone throws a wrench in our plans. Right now, with things going on, obviously, we're not going to get to enjoy probably our new shiny stadium week two. That's just kind of the way things are looking. I hate to be uh, a little pessimistic, but uh, it's just I, that's my attitude. That's my vibe right now. So, um, you know, things but I'm going to tell you and, this, Cody. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to tell you this. I'm not so sure that when week two enters, that fans won't be there because Ooh. I still think that's a chance that they could move the season back. Ooh. And maybe maybe started in November. I'm, I've heard there's some rumors about, you know, maybe we push it back a little bit. So I I would not rule out. Let me say this to you. I I, I approach life with a different. You know, you talk about as Raiders fans, we're used to people throwing a wrench and stuff. <laughs> well, let me just say this to you guys. I've been around the league. I've covered Super Bowls. I've been to you know almost so many of the stadiums. I know the players. Mike Furry, who you guys may know, great coach in Chicago, and he was a great player. He led the NFC in, in receiving yards. Good friend of mine and his beautiful wife, Corin, precious people. He was in Detroit once, and they started 4-0. and And he went in the locker room and basically said to you know, the media, you know, yeah, take that. You know, you guys are always talking about how the Lions stink. Take that. Then they ended up just being the Lions and, and falling apart at the end. And I'll never forget, we were sitting having lunch one day and at a golf club. And he said to me, he goes, you know what, Hondo? I go, what? And he goes, I, I don't believe in curses. I'm a person of faith. He goes, but I, I have no other reason, no other way to explain how things happen in Detroit. I, I want the Raiders fans to understand something. I think sometimes Raider fans always expect bad things to happen. So they do. <laughs> You now have the best stadium in the NFL. You now have a franchise with a ton of depth. 
You've got great leadership as an owner and general manager and coach. You've got great players. I think it's changed, you know, and you know what? Around the world, everywhere you go, Raider Nation is there. I think the time's come for Raider Nation to say, we're not keeping our eyes down anymore. We expect good things to happen to us. We've turned a corner. Good things are going to happen to us. We've got a tough team. We've got great coaches who demand excellence. We understand people that understand the Raider way. Let me just share this with you. Henry Ruggs, going into the draft, and I will tell you off air, Cody, who told me this, so you can tell your listeners whether or not I'm BSing. But I had a very prominent person say to me when I asked him about wide receivers, he said, I think Henry Ruggs is the best wide receiver in this draft. I said, why? He said, every time he touches a ball, he scores. But you have to look at another thing. Watch him when the ball isn't going to him. He is a ferocious blocker. This is a guy, there's no prima donna in him. You're not going to see a Terrell Owens meltdown. You're not going to see, look at me. This is a consummate raider. He will rip your face off to get Josh Jacobs an extra half a yard that picks up a first down on third and four. And so they are, they're drafting these kind of guys. I'm telling you, this is not a time anymore to expect bad things to happen. I challenge you. It's just like people say, oh, America stinks. America, no, 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 no. America is a great country. Travel the world and you'll realize how blessed we are to live here. And it's time for Raider Nation to understand you're blessed to wear the silver and black. This is a great franchise headed in a great direction. You, there are, I, I could name for you without even thinking probably 22 to 25 franchises that wish they were you. So things are looking up. And I'm going to tell you something. There were times when people looked at the Raiders on their schedule and said, okay, you can mark that a win. There's nobody looking at the Raiders in 2020 saying win. Now, there are some teams that I think feel like they match up pretty good and have a good shot at winning. But guess what? The days of knowing that you're going to play a Raider team and to beat me, you're going to have to beat me, are back. There's no looking at the Raiders anymore and marking a W. You know it's going to be a fist fight battle. And I'll tell you what, things are looking up. I disagree with you, my young friend, because <laughs> I think things are looking up, not looking down. Hey, that's okay. Challenge accepted. I'm a mostly optimistic fan, but that's a that's a good way to look at it. You know, finally, uh, hey, head up. Things are different. It's not going to be just like kind of how it was for just that certain span. Uh, go back to the Raiders of the old. I'm going to get back to our dominant ways. That's good stuff. Hondo, you covered um, a lot of major topics. This was a very loaded conversation. Um, and I'd like to thank you for coming on and make sure, listeners, you follow Hondo Carpenter on Twitter. That's at Hondo Carpenter on Twitter. Um, and is there any last um, plug or connection or anything that you'd like to throw out there on where the audience can find you, Hondo? Yeah, simply go to, you can Google Raider Maven. You can go to SI uh, and, and look for all of our Raider coverage. And I just want to say this. This is the only place I would have left covering the Big Ten to come to. The only place. I wouldn't have gone to anywhere else. 
And it's a privilege and an honor to serve Raider Nation, to cover your beloved Raiders. And I'll make this solemn promise to every Raider fan. You may not always like what I write, but I will always tell you the truth and I will always be there. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell you stuff to get you to click good or bad. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and I'm going to be truthful and agree with me or disagree with me. I hope people will respect the fact that that's exactly how I'm going to cover their team. I love it. We look forward to your excellent uh, reporting here, Hondo. Uh, we're looking Thanks, forward buddy. to you covering the Raiders for the first time in 2020. And you know what? Um, we'll talk again soon, buddy. I look forward to it. Thank you, Cody. And boom, there it is, a conversation with Hondo Carpenter. Uh, very long show. This is something... I guess maybe the second time now we've had an extended show because I'm so inconsistent with getting content out. But like I said, things should be running smoother. Everything should be going faster. Um, we should be pumping out stuff really smoothly for the 2020 season. And, you know, I want to go ahead and give a little shout out now for anybody that follows me on Twitter or anything going on. If, if you made it this far, if you're over an hour into this episode at this point, you're listening to this, I want you to s- screenshot this that you're this far into the episode, I want you to DM me on Twitter. I want to make sure I'm following you on Twitter because that's that's dedicated right there. That's that's a dedicated listener, and I want to make sure I'm following you guys. So screenshot that and be ready. Like I said, this Saturday night, August 1st, 8.30 p.m. is going to be the first, um, I guess, of the consistent weekly Saturday night live streams on Twitter or slash Periscope. You can download the Periscope app and follow at Raider Cody. Make sure you're getting the live stream or go to youtube.com slash Raider Cody. That would be the preferred way. I would prefer you to watch it on YouTube because uh, that's the channel I'm trying to grow. Make sure you subscribe. Um, always like the videos if you love them. So uh, good stuff, guys. Big episode, big season. The Raiders are coming back. Some good conversations here with these two beat writers um, and a lot more great conversations to come. So, hey, thanks for sticking it out, and we will see you soon. 